0: So about a year ago, there was a night where I remember details about something that I had forgotten about for a very long time. It came in a dream, and when I awoke from that dream, it was just flashback after flashback after flashback. Until I could finally remember the entire memory as a complete whole memory, which is very rare for me. It seems like my memories are just so fragmented that they're just puzzle pieces of a huge puzzle, and some pieces I have in my hands, and others are just scattered around the room. But that one memory, I seem to have every piece of the puzzle too. And I sat and thought long and hard about what had happened to me that night. And I finally decided that I had had enough of having memories and having people do these horrible things to me and just staying silent about it. I had had friends that I had shared my story with and I was already sharing a lot of it on TikTok. But the one thing that I was not doing was talking with the police about anything. I had spoken with them about so many other things and it never turned out the way that I wanted to. So I did not think this was going to either. But I wanted to at least try. So I went down to my local police department and filed a report. It was then forwarded to the jurisdiction of where the crime had happened. It was a brutal rape. It went on for hours. I can remember trying to stop it from happening by just trying to give consent Because for some reason, I felt like that would have made everything better that followed. I begged him not to do it the way that he did. But he didn't care. It wasn't about getting consent. It was about having control. And if I agreed to it, he would not have the control that he wanted. If I was not tied down and begging to be let go then he would not be able to satisfy the needs that he was looking for. And clearly it was only ever about power. During my statement with the police, I did talk about how he had kidnapped me. He had come into my work and spent weeks grooming me before I went with him. I didn't even know that I had been kidnapped until a couple of weeks after we left. He took every weakness that I had that I had told him about, and he used it as a way to make me feel like he was solving all of my problems. I went willingly with my own kidnapping. And then once we got to where we got to, when I thought that I was just going to be working at his friend's club, it had turned into sex trafficking. I had only been gone from my parents less than a year, and I didn't see any of the signs. I explained to the police that I was still so damaged from what my parents had done that it was hard to determine what was right from what was wrong. It was two different jurisdictions, so I had to make two different statements, each of which were at least four hours long. I had to describe every gruesome detail of what he did to me and what the clients did to me. I had to live every moment of those traumas all over again. Then the detective asked the question that I had been asked so many times before. Why didn't you report this earlier? Why didn't you report it when it first happened? And how do you answer that? How do you explain to someone that I didn't know what he did was a crime because it had been my normal for so long? How do you explain that you are an adult living on your own and I had no idea that rape was wrong? I don't know how I made it through those statements, but it felt so freeing to be able to tell a detective and have them believe me. The detective said that in all the years that he had been a detective in the SBU division, he had never had a victim and the person they accused have identical stories, but mine and his were, except his omitted the crimes. The state attorney decided that they were not going to go further with charges. I was so angry because there are so many people in my life that have hurt me and have done the most horrible of things to me and none of them will ever go to prison for what they did. They will never get punished. I will spend my life in fear, sometimes not even being able to leave my own home, but they will get to walk free. But my story was validated by that detective And it was a validation I did not know that I even needed. And because of that, I was able to turn the anger that I felt that day into something quite different. And I can remember saying to my husband that he may never get to go to jail for what he did to me. I may never get my justice. But that doesn't mean the world doesn't get to know what happened. And I said to him, My parents will never get to go to jail. And that doesn't mean that the world doesn't get to know what they did to me too. It wasn't long after that conversation that I had decided to do this podcast. I wanted to reach all ends of the world. I wanted everyone to hear my story. I needed to not stay silent anymore. I had enjoyed my time on TikTok... But it was nothing like my podcast here there was drama among other creators there was horrible comments left on my videos, people were demanding to know names and locations, I was being accused of protecting my traffickers when in reality it was myself and my family that I was protecting and I needed to get away from that, I needed the drama to be taken away from my story Because it added too much noise. And I wanted a place to call my own. And that's what I have found here on my podcast. I had to let go of a lot of things in order to get the peace that I so deserve. And one of those things is people stealing my story. People taking parts of my story and passing it off as their own. For whatever reason, they chose to do that. I don't understand why someone would, but it has happened multiple times in the past, and it is still happening today. And I'm just at the point in my life that my story is always going to be my story, and not a single person can take it away from me. They may be able to take the details, and they can take any part of it that they want. They can post it on social media. Or they can post it on their website to their organization. And they may get comments of support, comments of love, maybe even a little bit of sympathy. But the reality is all of that is mine. They will have their attention, but in reality, it is my attention. And people will love and support them, but the reality is it is my story that they are loving and supporting. So to those that are taking my story, take what you want, but the love, support, and attention that you got from it will never belong to you. This is a reality for a lot of survivors. The exploited can and will be exploited. But I don't need to let that hurt me, and I don't need to let it control my emotions And I don't need to give it any more energy. A lot of people have asked me what took so long for me to escape the grasp of my parents. And a lot of the things that I have already spoken about are very big parts of that. I did not think I had a way to go. All my money was in my father's bank account. My car, my phone, everything was in their name. I worked during the holiday season, but never long enough to have a very healthy job history. Any apartment that I had was always in their name, so I didn't even have a rental history. They had control over every aspect of my adult life, so I could not thrive as an adult if I had chosen to leave. And eventually I learned that there was only two choices in my life. I could live... But I would have to leave in order to do that. Because if I stayed, I would have died. Every single day, my days were numbered. At any moment, it would all come to an end without warning. And I wanted to live. I have always wanted to live. Even if I was under a bridge, that would have been better. Anything would have been better. But I had to find it in myself to want it enough. And yes, I had friends that showed me what normal could look like. I had people in my life that loved and cared about me in a way that helped me. But in the end, it had to be me and it had to be my choice. I just wish that it hadn't taken 26 years. But I am glad that I beat the seven year life expectancy statistic. As a child growing up, there was so many things that, looking back, I must have been such a confused child. I can't quite understand how I could be daddy's little girl when daddy was such a monster. I try to look at all of the different things and figure out exactly how I could make peace with a life. Like, how could I be okay with all these horrible things that my parents were forcing me to do? How could I get past my uncle's death? How could I get past the death of my friends? How could I sometimes feel like I had no emotions at all? I don't think I can answer them, and I don't think that those are questions that need to be answered. I don't think they even have an answer. Throughout this season, I have talked about stories that some have heard before, but I was able to give more details too. And I was able to get more in-depth to explain my mindset. And I feel like I am kind of repeating myself a little bit. Because it is so strange how I went to that woman's house that I spoke of in the last episode. And I knew that was not normal. And I spoke of the house where my friends were killed while we were trying to escape. And I knew that that was not normal. But while I was home, I knew that what my parents was doing was wrong. But I also had absolutely no idea that it was wrong. And I thought that the further I got through these episodes, and the more that I explained the different sales, and the different aspects of the sex trafficking, that maybe it would start to make sense. But maybe it's not supposed to make sense. Maybe it's one of those things that will never have an answer. I have made multiple police reports, multiple statements that are hours long about all the crimes that were committed against me. I tried to get justice that I deserve. The justice that will never come. Each detective was sympathetic. Some looked at me with such disbelief in their eyes But they knew that I was telling the truth. But they didn't want to believe it. But there was one thing that was the same about every statement I had ever made. They always asked why I waited so long to come forward. At first I thought that it was some sort of invalidation or disbelief. I felt like they were giving off this vibe that they thought because I waited so long that it meant that it wasn't true. And I noticed that that is a stigma that a lot of people think about. And I see it in comments when I read articles about other victims coming forward so many years later. But it was a useful tool in a lot of my cases It opened the door for me to talk about my parents in cases that didn't exactly have anything to do with them. It allowed for an investigation into certain crimes that they had committed in relation to what I was reporting. It opened up the door for so many things. So to answer the question on why I waited so long, the answer is simple. I was too damaged back then, and I needed my strength which I only found recently. And I got the best response. They always said that they were glad that I was able to find that strength and they had wished that more victims and survivors had it. My wish was the district attorney saw it the same way. Again, the system failed me many times, but it was not the police, it was legislation. The laws just weren't there to protect me. And it's so crazy because I've reached out for help so many times as a child. And that help never came because the laws did not protect me. And those same laws are still in place today. Because no one has even tried to change them. But I will make it my life's work to at least try. I have been writing my state senator and my state legislators... I have been writing every single person that I can, begging for them to change the laws. I have wrote them about my story. I have written about my failed attempts for justice. I have done everything that I can to try to get change. And I know one day it is going to come. And I know one day someone is going to read one of my letters and it will touch their soul exactly where it needs to so they can be inspired to say, enough, we have got to stop this. People make videos of support where they share a story that they heard from someone and they will put a hashtag on it that says sex trafficking awareness or multiple other ones and they'll tell themselves that they did something. And yes, they brought a certain amount of awareness But is it enough Are hashtags enough to end sex trafficking? I don't think it will. And I wish that people would do more. I wish they would call their legislators. I wish they would write letters. I wish they were as angry and as driven as I was to make the changes that need to be done so we can end it for good. And that is what my purpose of this podcast is. I'm not doing this to bring attention to myself. I am doing this because I strongly believe that the stories of survivors is going to bring the change that is so desperately needed. I know there are so many out there that are terrified to talk about the things that they went through, and that is 100% okay. But maybe if they hear someone else speaking their truth... It will help them to find their strength. And then we can have more that are willing to come forward. But the most important thing here is choice. I made the choice to leave when I was ready to leave. And I do not owe anyone an explanation on why it took so long. I made the choice to break my silence and start telling my story. And again, I do not owe anyone an explanation. On why that took so long. I made the choice to start my podcast. I made the choice to do every single thing that I have done in my life over the past 11 and a half years since I have been free from them. I chose to go to the police. I chose not to be angry that I won't get justice. I chose to turn that into something positive. I chose to protect myself and my family, most importantly, my children, by not giving the names of my parents or clients. I have chosen everything in my life now, and I will never let anyone take that from me ever again. And I choose to let people that want to try to stop me from speaking my truth to stay as angry as they are. I think one of the biggest things that I have learned through this journey is my self-worth. It's not something that I had throughout my life, but it is something now that I will forever cherish. It is something I will always hold so close to my heart. There were so many people that do not want me to be alive today. There are so many people that do not want to see me live a happy life. And to those people, I say you better wait a very long time because you will never knock me down. You can try in every single way that you have, but it will never work because that was one thing that you were never able to take from me. And that was that fierceness inside of me that I felt even as a young child. I am who I am today because I took all those horrible things that you did to me and I turned them into strength. I turned them into so many things that you have never let me have and you will never change that. You will never get me to be that scared little child that you always thought I was. I may have been confused when I was a little girl, but I am a woman now and I am not confused. And you may never see the inside of a jail cell, but the world will know what you did and will know who you are. Whether I name your names or not is irrelevant because the ones who did not protect me, they know who you are and they know who they are. And they may refuse to listen to my podcast, but they know that it's here and you know that it's here as well. And there is that part of you that feels so angry because I do not care if I am believed or not. I do not care if people think I am suffering from your fake delusions. My truth is my truth and it will always be my truth and no one can take that from me. And in the end that truth will always remind me that I am stronger than anything I have been through. You hurt me more than anyone could ever hurt me my entire life, and I have survived the worst thing that is ever going to happen to me. So I have no other place to go but up. And you have no other place to go but stay right where you are, alone, with none of your children talking to you, and the world knowing exactly the type of people that you are. So you can hack my accounts, You can call daycares in town asking to speak to my son, knowing that they will not let you, knowing that he does not even attend there. You can play all your sick little games. You can come up to that line of committing a crime, but never actually crossing it as much as you want to. But you cannot and will not scare me. And you cannot and will not control me. And you will never have power over me. You can throw that ball at me as many times as you want, but I will never throw it back. And to all the other people that are trying to bring me down, this message goes to you. You can play your games, you can make your little videos, you can get your five minutes of fame, but you'll never have power, and you will not bring me down either. And eventually the lies will catch up to you. Because when you say one lie, you have to say so many lies just to cover the first one up. And eventually you forget what the first one even was. And when you're lying, you contradict yourself. And people will begin to see through all of those lies. And then those lies will begin to not make any sense at all. So take your five minutes of fame. And enjoy it while it lasts. But there will not be any tears falling from my eyes. Because unlike you, my conscience is clear. My life has been so hectic and filled with so many twists and turns. My story is complex, and I've only just scratched the surface this season. I hope to get more in depth about a lot of different things during season two and every season after that. It is hard to go back to that horrible place. It is hard to feel all those emotions all over again. But I will do it, and I will always be proud. Even if I finish an entire episode and decide that it makes me feel too vulnerable, I will delete the entire thing and be proud that I was strong enough to know that I was not ready to share that. This part of my life... This journey of sharing my story has been so rewarding and taught me so much because I don't have to share things that I don't want to. And it is strength that allows me to make that decision, not weakness. My story is my story and I will share it how I want to, when I want to, where I want to, always. And every survivor gets to do that. We get to decide which questions we answer and which questions we don't. We get to decide which details we talk about and which details we don't. The ones that care and try to stop us are not supportive and do not matter. And the ones that don't care and support us through it all matter more than anything. They are the ones that are making a difference. They are the ones that are doing more than just making a video and slapping a hashtag on it. They're the ones that are helping us to keep going and letting us know that if we fall, they will catch us. Because that is something that I have never had. And I'm so glad to have found that in the family that I have made recently. I have never found a single friend along this journey. Only family. And I know I said at the end of one of my episodes that I had hoped that I would find the people that I had lost along the way someday welcoming me with open arms. But the truth is, I have already found that family, and it is each and every one of you. So to every person that sent me a message saying that they now notice shoes that children wear and look for kids that seem distraught at the mall... To every person that messages me and says that they keep the numbers from missing and exploited children in the human trafficking hotline in their phones. To all the people that call me with their frustration, just saying, how do we stop this? You are that family welcoming me with open arms and loving me more than anyone has my entire life. And the amount of love that I have for all of you cannot be put into words. So no matter how many people there are that try to bring me down, my new family will always hold me up.